0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. This is the final episode of season 1. We have part 2 of Matt Young's interview with us. Uh, Matt Young of King Parrot. We have a new winner of the King Parrot competition. Including our final band of the week and our final tour of the week. Might even have a band and tour of the season. Uh, Either way, what do you say? We kick off the show.
1: This is Matt from King Parrot, you're listening to the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast, presented by
0: Tom Roberts, all metal and mostly Aussie. Thank you for deciding to stick around and listen to the rest of the show this evening. Uh, This is episode 13 of the Full Minute Lockdown Podcast, the final episode of season one. And last week, we did have a competition drawn. It was for a free copy of King Parrot, Bite Your Head Off. Uh, This week, we have a new winner because the previous winner couldn't get a hold of, and if I can't get a hold of you, you can't win, so, uh, if you follow us on Facebook, you already know, but, if you don't, the new winner of the competition is Graham Wedge Kick Box, uh, I've always known you as Boxhead, yes, I do know the winner, uh, and it wasn't rigged, it was, I drew it the same way I drew Jacob Allen's name out of that, Literally out of a hat with pieces of paper. Uh, I've never pronounced your surname, mate. So, like, I'm really sorry if I mispronounce it. But, uh, yeah, Graham, Boxhead. Box, you won. Congratulations. We'll get in contact with you. I'll get your address. And I'll send the CD to you. Uh, Speaking of uh, CDs, I've been uh, listening to a CD of recent. Uh, Actually, the CD that belongs to our Band of the Week. Our Band of the Week this week is the uh, Juggernauts of Australian Metal, Deprivation. Uh, For those of you who actually are going to the news about them a bit later on in the show, but they're our Band of the Week, and yeah, uh, I know it's a bit... Um, against my rules, they've got a lot more fans than I would uh normally give a band of the week to, if you know what I mean. Uh but I don't give a shit because they deserve it. And like I said, I'll go into the reason why later. Uh the tour of the week this week is a band that actually emailed me and uh we posted a picture of their uh their tour schedule on Facebook uh, just before started recording the show, because as you know, oh, if you follow us on Facebook, the reason why the show has been delayed is I ju- only just got my voice back, and I've had a really sore throat for the past few days and can barely talk without it hurting. So uh, it still hurts, but I figured oh, I don't want to do another show sick. But anyway, uh, the tour of the week this week goes to a band that is coming out in, believe it or not, November. So it's a fair way away. But, uh, they emailed me with their press release and I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm giving it to them. Uh, a band called Prong. Uh, the Ruining Lives in Australia and New Zealand tour. First time ever that they've ever come to Australia. Uh, it's in... Uh, partnership with Ohio, n- oh, sorry, Nightmare Music 123 Agency and rich in partnership with Utopia Records. On the 19th of November they're in Sydney at the Metro Theatre, on the 20th of November they're at Brisbane at the hi and on the no- 21st of November they're in Melbourne at the hi Fire. On the 22nd of November, they're in Canberra at the basement, headlining Metal Fiesta number six. The lineup to Metal Fiesta hasn't dropped yet, has it? Well, there you go. The headliner is uh, Prong. And uh, the 23rd of November, they're Auckland at the power station. I've never been to Auckland. I don't know what the power station is, but there you go. If you're a Kiwi... They're coming to you too congratulations, but unfortunately, for Perth and Adelaide, you miss out I'm really sorry you're you're having a short draw over the next few uh years months whatever but anyway uh they'll be playing such all the classics such as snap your fingers um snapped your neck rude awakening whose fist is this anyway that has to be one of the best names of a song ever whose fist is this anyway it kind of reminds me of borat you know that scene where he's got the rubber yeah anyway uh beg to different and much much more uh yeah so uh yeah check out prong they got no information on the tickets where you can buy them from but i uh, actually did get their uh the press email. I actually posted uh the dates a few weeks ago a few days ago and uh I posted all the uh information that you needed. Uh yeah, I'm just trying to find where I actually posted. I swear I sent out a post. I mustn't have. Oh shit. Uh yeah, um my, uh, I know what happened yeah I was posting it from my phone and I ran out of uh range is that the word yeah range but anyway uh I I think it's through like OzTix or something like that uh or MoshTix, uh, I'm pretty sure if you google Prong Australian Tour it'll come up but I uh, yeah I'll have a look right now on my email service because I have a few emails, email services. Um, the tickets are available through austix.com.au. Ticketek for Sydney and Austix for the rest of the country. So I guess the Hi-Fi... Ah, the Metro, sorry. You have to go through Ticket Tech. And to me, they're the worst friggin', uh... Actually, no, I'm not going to say that, because I don't want to get in trouble again. Uh, anyway, I, I say again, because, uh, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, Tour of the Week is Prong, Banner of the Week is Deprivation. Well, it wasn't too much later in the show, but I did say that I was going to tell everybody why I picked a more... Uh, advanced Australian metal band as our uh, band of the week, the final band of the week for season one. Uh, uh, fuck it, they're the band of the season for season one. Um, I was gonna give it to someone else, but fuck it, they can have it. Uh, every band that gets the se- band of the week goes in the running for band of the season, but pretty much it goes to deprivation. Uh, this is why. Deprivation announced this yesterday. I believe it was yeah yesterday uh, for immediate release. Deprivation, call it a day after eight years plus uh, uh, of proving that you don't have to be from the big city to be successful. Orange-based metal band Deprivation have decided to call it a day. Uh, we've had a great stint and never dreamt of doing half the stuff we've achieved. All, all bands have ups and downs, and we've had our fair share of both, especially being the kids from the bush. Uh, in the eight and a half years spent together, we've had members, several releases, 15 members, several releases, constant road trips up and down the east coast of Australia, a month long tour of America, and an opportunity to support some absolutely killer international acts, artists, and a worldwide fan base that has been so supportive and beneficial to our survival this long. We have pretty much endured everything that any does love, hate, beers, fights, massive parties, extreme hangovers, empty wallets, vomits in just about every place you could think of, horrendous smells, uh, more hair and than a barbershop, run-ins with the law, very close encounters with the female kind, and plenty more where that that can't be printed until lawsuits settled. Uh, we we like to thank everybody Everyone that uh, that has been involved along the way, our partners, families, mates, and all the bands we've had the pleasure of playing with and partying with: Darren Jenkins, Michael Morfit, Austin Breckenridge, Jeff Schneck, Shank. Sorry, I read that wrong. Uh Jeff Shank. uh Sam Raj. Radjoshin. Uh Everyone in the Aussie metal scene. Uh, those who, are being, who have booked us. Me. Uh, booked us a show. And you all reading this. For your faith and support. The latest collection of tunes being worked on. May or may not see the light of day. Only time will tell. And I really, really fucking hope they do. Anyway, it is very abrupt and short notice, but tomorrow, as in tonight, Friday the 25th of July, will be our very last show. It is quite fitting that we'll be bowing out in our hometown of Orange and joining both Lynchmider and Arctic Fire and saying their goodbyes to the stage also. Thank you all so much. And hope to see you at the show the d crew deprivation um I've never made it a secret ever but deprivation are uh, my uh all time favorite Australian metal band uh to say the least um and it's shocking to me i I did not no one saw this coming um and it's very sad that I can't be at their final show. I do believe they are the band that I've seen the most times live in this world. Uh... I once again am very saddened that I can't see them in their final show. Uh... Same with f- Yeah. Uh, I really hope the EP comes out because I want to hear it. Um... Yeah. Um... It was shocking to me, and it was shocking to everyone that heard about it. And, yeah, so they're a band of the season, band of the week this week. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know what else to say. I read their statement that they released. That's what I read out just then. Um. So all the best to the boys, and I hope they are uh, the murdering. Has Ben Weber in it, the uh, Death Throat himself, uh, the voice of Deprivation. So you can listen to them. They won Band of the Week a few weeks ago. They were selected, I should say. You don't win it, you get selected. Uh, They were selected a few weeks ago. So check them out if you want to hear that insane screech, uh, but in a good way. Oh, ben Weaver, he's still out there. Um, Lachlan Harrison, the lead guitarist, I believe he's doing more stuff. Uh, we're doing an interview with him for season two. More on that a bit later. But uh, yeah, we'll talk to him about it. And yeah. So, uh, Deprivation, my all time favourite strain metal band, have decided to split up. But hopefully it's. Uh, one of those things where, like, they would do a, like, one-off reunion show, and I get to see them live again. But unfortunately, if not, last time I saw them live would have been earlier this year, playing with Recoil. What? No, wait, no, that would have been last year. Shit, I haven't even seen them live this year. But anyway, yeah, last year, playing with Recoil in Orange. Uh, so... That being said, speaking of live gigs, uh, last Friday, probably the reason why I got sick actually, I uh, decided, I had, okay let me tell the story, I was supposed to go to Canberra and see King Parrot live at the basement, but I fucked up the dates and I thought the show was like yesterday, because today as I'm recording this is Friday. So I thought the show was yesterday in Canberra. So I had my money all saved and all ready and I was going to go do it and all this stuff. And then uh, last Friday, I uh, stuffed up because I uh, I realized that I got the dates wrong. So instead of going to Canberra, I spent the money and went to this show in Penrith on the Friday night. And uh, I'm glad I did, that the Tattersall's, ho- tatter- how do you pronounce it, anyway, the Tat in Penrith, it is a great venue, one of the best I've been to um, i my ad, it was clean, it was it had a great stage on it, uh, had a proper area for the bands to dump their shit, had a proper area for the bands to sell their merch. Had a very long bar on it. Had a VIP area. Had areas that you could go to talk to people. And get away from the noise. And not being told to fuck off and get out of the area. Anyway. um, It was very good live music venue. But I opened with a band called Whiskey Smile. Uh, they were fucking awesome. Though one of those bands. That everybody heard a different band. Well, I heard White Zombie, uh, in and uh, in the lead singer's vocals, I heard a lot of Rob. But uh, every person I talked to about them heard a different band. Every single name came out with every single person came out with a different name. If you know what I mean, and that's a compliment to them. That's not a bad thing. That's a very fucking good thing that they had that kind of sound. That uh that was something different to everybody, and it, uh, yet it was still a very solid sound. It wasn't choppy and changey. But uh yeah, whiskey smile. Go check them out on Facebook. After whiskey smile played, we had uh who do we have? Los hombres El oh, Diablo. Uh, I don't think El Diablo is actually a part of their name. It might be. Uh, But either way, Los Sombres played uh, straight after Whiskey Smile. Um, Yeah. About fucking time a band with that much power was back on an Aussie stage. They were hard rock. True hard rock. And the chick that sang for them. Her voice was so fucking, oh my God. Uh, She could, she got up during the King Parrot set and sing, sung, showing your liver with King Parrot and she was hanging, screaming and growling on the same level as Matt. That's yeah, Uh, but she can sing cleanly, she can scream, she can growl, she can uh, squeal. She can do the whole works. And she was on the night. And she was a great showman. But the band. Yeah. I It was great to see such a hard rocking band. Just they were pure hard rock. And they punched people in the fucking nuts. They were great. But anyway. Uh, straight off the them. There were only four bands on the night. But after them. Uh, the one. The only. Katoomba Zone. Red Bay played. And fuck me. The crowd went mental. Because Penrith. Is uh, close to Katoomba. So they play a lot in Penrith. And they're considered the hometown boys. Pretty much. And oh fucking hell. They went off. And I thought they killed the crowd. Like I thought the crowd would have been dead. After them. Uh but no, uh I the half the I went back stage to talk to, Dunny Dan and Jim from Red Bee, and and uh, they were walking away, and uh Everybody from the show, that the spectators, they were walking away, and I was like, well, like if I was King Parrot, I would have been pissed. The support band just wore everyone out, and then everyone fucked off. Over is wrong. Yep, everybody did fuck off to get food and stuff to replenish them to come back and watch King Parrot. So King Parrot ended up playing to a full fucking house. The headline—it's—I'm sorry—it actually is rare to see a. Uh, headliner play to the full packed house. If it's not like a band playing at the S Arena or a band playing at the Metro Theatre or the Hi Fi, if you know what I mean. But they played to a full packed house, and God damn, the crowd went fucking mental from start to finish, through uh, Rizzo, through Dead End, through Sh- New Liver through everything they just went fucking mental and uh, oh god straight after this is what makes me think Matt Young is part friggin' robot because as soon as he did all that on stage he got off stage went straight up to the merch desk and started working again shit if I ever tried that I'll be dead literally dead like he got, he was working on the merch desk all night, helped load all their shit on stage, got his mic ready, and then got on stage, played for about an hour, and then got off stage and went straight back to the merch desk and started selling shit again. Uh, he didn't stop all night, and like, he's cleaning us over. As you heard last week on the show, uh, we were talking about it, but, uh, either way, um, wait a second, uh, sip of, uh, Audi's brain cola. Just a minute. Anyway, sorry, my throat was getting sore, but anyway, uh, yeah, Matt is superhuman easily superhuman. But, uh, yeah, which brings up another point, uh, (laughs) these interviews that I had done with Matt were during their last Australian tour, not the current Australian tour, the last Australian tour before the tour with Origin was confirmed, before the tour with, uh, this tour was confirmed that they're currently on. So uh for those noticing the uh discrepancy in what we're talking about, just please note that they were recorded about a month and a half ago. Uh we had to do it that way because it was too busy later. I was too busy later and yeah. Anyway, um so that being said, fuck it, it's getting to the interview. Alrighty, I'm sitting down right now with uh, Matt Young on the line from King Parrot for the second half of the uh, interview with him. Right now, you're in Western Australia on tour. But, uh, how you going, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks, man. Just uh, had some shows over here on the weekend, and all went really well, and uh, yeah, we're just uh, getting ready to uh, head over to Perth, next, I mean, uh, get to Queensland next weekend.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, how have the Western Australian crowds been? I've seen a few uh, photos that you posted on Facebook, and it looks like the show has been excellent.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, Perth's always really good, you know. Sometimes they miss out on the touring bands and stuff over here. So, um, you know, we didn't want to uh, miss out on, on doing Perth. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you actually do make the effort to come over here and, you know, promote the shows well and all that sort of stuff. You know, you get you get rewarded with really good crowds. So, um, yeah, we were uh, stoked with um, with the turnouts, and uh, yeah, couldn't be happier, man. It's uh, it's it's been great for us over here, and like this is our third time in Western Australia now, so yeah, it's been really really good.
0: Yeah, and it's great that bands are awesome going over there because I was talking to Andy. Dowling from Lord, and he was saying that it's actually cheaper for a Sydney based band to tour New Zealand than it is to tour Western Australia these days, which is kind of sad for them. They miss out a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I
1: guess he's right. Yeah, you know, it's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. So yeah. So I wanted to uh yep. start the interview off by uh asking you uh to tell me a bit about your history like in music, especially in regards to metal, like pre King Parrot. How did you get into the heavier styles of music?
1: Um, I just think maybe probably from my um my older cousins. Uh, he was like into heavy metal and stuff when we were kids and uh, and I thought he was pretty cool so he uh, had a big influence on me in the way that um, you know whatever you know if he was wearing something that was cool or he was listening to something that I thought was cool and uh, uh, you know I would copy him basically but yeah you know he started listening to Motley Crue and Poison and stuff when I was a little kid and and I kind of thought that was cool. And then, you know, obviously progressed onto other things like Metallica and, um, you know, and then later on sort of like Sepultura and Slayer and all those sorts of things. And then, you know, obviously, like, it didn't take long for me to sort of progress on the things like black metal and um, death metal and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, that really... um sort of influenced me in a big big, big way, you know, because I um always have sort of loved the most extreme sort of music or the most, you know, brutal stuff possible. So yeah. um yeah, moved on to that and then sort of as I got older, you know, I sort of you know, I always appreciate rock and roll music and hard rock and stuff, you know, so, you know, I I think, you know I mean my dad was also always into like um A C D C and Black Sabbath and stuff. So that was always there as well. And, um, you know, just different people and that you expose yourself to. And, you know, uh, you, you just sort of come across different things, you know, one of my, um, one of my good friends growing up was, uh, was into helmet bands like that. And, uh, you know, sort of got into that sort of stuff for a while as well. And still really think helmet are a great band. And, um, oh man it's 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 hard just to sort of nail down one thing because it it's always more than one thing you know yeah. but, um, me personally I've always sort of tended to sort of you know go to the more extreme sort of styles and stuff but you know that's not to say like you know probably ACDC one of my favourite bands so um, yeah there's there's, uh, there's a whole uh, you know plethora of influences there you know and I think growing up in Melbourne too was like kind of really shaped the way I listen to music as well. And, and the way, you know, the way that I sort of formed the style that I'm doing now, you know, a lot of it has to do with like the nineties scene in Melbourne and, um, a lot of the bands that came through there and sort of, you know, hanging out around at pubs, like the Toad, um, you know, the FB and, and uh, the Punters Club, which now uh, no longer exists, and um, gee, uh, you know, just just being a just being a little sort of, you know, as, as soon as I was old enough to get into the pubs and the licensed venues and go and watch shows and stuff like that, I, I, I was out doing it pretty much every night of the week. So um, yeah, I definitely think that sort of shaped the way that I do things these days as well, you know.
0: Yeah. So uh. You touched on it a bit but right now I wanna ask you I've made it you know, clear in former podcasts so that this is my favorite question. But uh what kinda of, what music did your parents listen to? And like did it have an influence on your style and so you've answered that with your dad listened to A C D C and Black Sabbath, but uh can you go into a bit more depth about it later? Like, uh, did it influence your writing style and the way you perform on stage?
1: Uh, well, I don't think my parents influenced the way that I perform on stage at all, no, because they were never <laughs> on stage. But um, yeah. oh, look, I think my mum, like, I don't know, maybe early on in the piece, like, my mum was sort of, you know, she used to listen to the Travelling Wilburys a lot, and I still like the Travelling Wilburys, like, you know,
0: yeah,
1: a really. band. <laughs> but um, I think the first ever cassette that I got was like George Harrison, Cloud Nine. It had that song, "Got My Mind Set on You," uh, on it, and uh, I really loved that. When I was like maybe like five or six, I think that was the first cassette I got. And uh, and then yeah, like I always remember my mum listening to uh, the Traveling Wilburys on cassette in the car, and, and I still really like that album. <laughs> but um, <laughs> my dad was always like into ACDC and that's like, he had that on vinyl and you know, I specifically remember him having uh dirty deed done Dirt chief on vinyl. And, um, you know, that was something that uh, an album that definitely influenced me. And, and then as I got a little bit older and I, was, well, I was sort of listening to Motley Crue and poison and stuff when I was probably like nine or ten, and you know, Def Leopard and shit like that. My dad was like, came up and uh got gave me a uh, black sabbath greatest hits and he goes if you're gonna listen to that crap you should probably start listening to this and um
0: right. yeah
1: and it had uh yeah you know all, all the sabbath hits from the Aussie years uh early on you know and uh and, and then I was you know really hooked on sabbath after that and and uh obviously progressed from the glam metal days but um and, uh, yeah, you know, I think that definitely influenced me. You know, I, I remember, uh, my uncle also was uh, had some, uh, Alice Cooper records. And I still love Alice Cooper, and especially like his er- early stuff. And, uh, yeah, he had, uh, Alice Cooper, Welcome to My Nightmare. And he had, uh,
0: School. I was going to say, are you a fan of Cooper before he went insane or after he went insane?
1: Uh, I, ah oh, look, you know, uh, I think Alice Cooper did some great stuff when he was like, like in his like the, the original band was, uh,
0: was awesome. Yeah. I uh, wore the suit and everything.
1: <coughs> yeah. He was awesome, man. Yeah. No, I, I love Alice yeah. Cooper. I collect all his records, like regardless of what, um, what era it was. Um, Yeah, I just... I I got a lot of respect for his, like, showmanship and all that sort of stuff. And and, uh, and just just the whole element of actually putting on a show and putting on a performance rather than just sort of performing or being a singer as such. Um, And, you know, I think the same goes for, like, Bon Scott and Ozzy Osbourne and stuff like that as well, you know? And... um, Yeah, you know, like... Yeah, my parents or my, my my dad specifically probably sort of introduced me to that stuff more so than uh, than anyone. So, so yeah, I guess um, you know, to a certain degree, the stuff that my parents introduced me to certainly uh, influenced the way that I perform and stuff these days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do you still? Oh, well, you kind of already said you still listen to a lot of it, but. Uh, do you still listen to things like uh, George Harrison Cloud Nine or the Travelling Wilburys? <laughs>
1: occasionally, occasionally. <laughs> Depends on what sort of day <laughs>
0: well, i are having. For one, I think uh, George Harrison Cloud Nine was better than like some of the John Lennon stuff when they went solo. Okay, well, that's a big call. Not when the Beatles break. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, not yeah. better than Imagine obviously and some other songs, but better than some of his like B rate songs that were there to fill the album. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fair it was enough, George's man.
0: best work. Yeah. <laughs> but uh for those people who don't know who the traveling Wilburys are, you've been living under a rock. But uh it's Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, George Harrison, uh, Roy Orbison. Who else is in there? The drummer from, is it ELO? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. They're like yep. a uh, folk rock super group. They're, they're friggin' awesome. <laughs> but uh, you're not the only metalhead that has said they're travelling wheelberries to me. Can't remember <laughs> who well, the other one was. Well, that's, uh,
1: that's, that's good to know, because, um, yeah, you know, not, not I, I could imagine there's not too many metal, metal heads that would um, own up for that, but I'm happy to. I don't really care.
0: <laughs> yeah, same man. They're all, they're an awesome band. I, I like them. They wrote really great music. I like music for music.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Who are your favorite Aussie metal bands from either the past or present? Uh, do you have working relationships with any of them?
1: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of hard not to when you're in the Aussie metal scene. You know, it's 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 a pretty small community. So once you're uh, once you're in there and you you you're doing stuff in the Aussie metal community, like you know, obviously um, obviously you uh, you know have affiliations with with pretty much everyone. So yeah, I think you know, growing up, we uh, you know found that uh, you know, obviously A C D C and the Angels and stuff like that was sort of big. Um, but when I sort of got into my teenage years not that I have affiliations with those bands, but when I got into my teenage Check. years, you know, it was uh it was all about like, you know it was all about damaged and bloodbuster, Bremlin, Alchemist, Dreadnought, um, extremists um uh, misery from Queensland. Um, oh, there's so many bands, you know. That, and I used to like write a lot of letters and stuff like that to them, and like you know, like you get there by their demo tapes and and, and t-shirts. And uh, Manicore was another band that I um had had some stuff of. And you know, as you grow older, you sort of get to that point where you can go to the venues and you can go and meet the bands, and you know, you're planning a band yourself, so. You uh Yeah, you just get to meet these guys and, and then and then, you know, when you're a little bit older and like I'm in my thirties now, so I'm friends with most of these guys. <laughs> so, you know, it's it it's sort of yeah, like I said, it's a pretty small tight knit community, so you know, we're all we're all mates and, and yeah, and I'm you know, I mean I play in a band now with skits that played in damage to a definitely one of my biggest influences and, and Squiz used to play in Dreadnought. who were one of the first bands that I ever got in uh, contact with and you know, I think the first show I ever played in a, in a in a in a licensed venue in a pub was with Dreadnought, supporting Dreadnought. Um so, you know, I've had long affiliations with those guys and um, you know, the guys from Blood Duster have, you know, been friends of mine for a long time and uh, Jason actually recorded the King Parrot album and, um, has, uh, you know, recorded various other projects of mine. Um, as well as, uh, you know, I've, i I've, I've actually filled in on bass for him in Blood Duster like years ago on a couple of shows in New Zealand that he couldn't do. So I went over and played bass for him for a couple of shows. So, you know, just little things like that, you know, that have happened over the years yeah. that, you know, yeah, everyone sort of knows everyone. And, yeah, you know, and another sort of prominent dude in the metal scene is Rob Wogg, who's been a good mate of mine for years. And he played with a Bremlin and and Earth as well, um, who was sort of, you know, did a lot of stuff in the early sort of 2000s. And, um, you know, we play, I played in a band with him as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone kind of knows everyone, you know.
0: yeah. Uh I bought I interviewed uh before about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I interviewed uh actually no, it was further back than that, it was about four weeks ago, sorry. Uh I interviewed uh Greg Troll from Dreadnought and uh yep. he pretty much said the same thing. The Australian metal scene is like this close knit, tight group and everyone knows everyone. But at the same time, like, there's factions in that group. There's the Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne factions that go on. But everyone knows everyone. That or everyone has worked with everyone kind of thing. And if yeah. s- if one band needs something, another band will say, we can do that for you. Or yeah, yeah. Like, a member will go over and, like, play with them. Like, Ben from Deprivation, he sings for Lynch Mardo every now and again because, like, he can't the singer can't do the dates or whatever. But, yeah, that's back to you playing bass for Blood Duster back in the day as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mate.
0: Do you have any non-metal, like, uh, band, like, favourites or, like, working relationships? Because I know you've done shows of, like, uh, Gay Paris, who aren't really... How how would I put this? Aren't really as heavy as you guys, but yeah, uh, you've done shows with bands that aren't necessarily hard metal like you guys. But uh, do you have any working relationships with any non-metal bands?
1: Oh yeah, of course, man. Yeah, we. I mean, uh, we've all played in well. I have and, and Squiz, our guitarist, and starts our bass player, We've all played in bands that aren't necessarily metal. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, just to reel off a few names, probably like, you know, we're good friends with the guys from, uh, the guys and, and girl from uh, High Tension, who are a sort of new band coming out of Melbourne that have um, uh, been doing really well lately. And we, we were, played overseas with them and did a show with them over at um, South by Southwest. Uh, in Texas recently and and we've done some shows here in Australia with them. We're good friends with the guys from from Bat Piss uh, here in Melbourne uh, who are sort of like a punk rock band. They kind of remind me a bit of like the Bronx or something. Um, uh, Yeah, sort of a bit more sort of Melbourne style, sort of underground sort of sounding, but really cool band nonetheless. And um, the guys from Sheriff who... uh, are sort of, I, I don't know how to describe Sheriff. They're a very cool rock band. They're from Melbourne, and, you know, we're friends with the girls from the Spazzies who've um, been around the Australian scene, sort of playing, you know, garage pop punk sort of stuff for years and years and years, and um, they were actually um, featured in our film clip for the song, Dead End. Um, they were the, the, the twins at the end of the film clip. They was, oh, the, they're from the, they're the twins from the the band the Spazzies, um from Melbourne.
0: Ah, oh, I thought yeah, I recognised the, them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. There's a little bit of uh, bit of something for you there, and um oh, look, man, yeah, you know, we talked
0: about that film clip last week.
1: We did, mate. Yeah. So you know, I guess when you're sort of in the scene and you're hanging around with pubs and stuff, you know, it's not sort of necessarily all about you know who's playing metal and what or, you know, metal bands you're in and stuff like that. It's, it, you know, I just appreciate good music. And like I said, sort of before, I like, you know, I like rock music and sort rock music and, and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And, you know, you can't really, you know, you don't just limit yourself, you know, say, oh, I'm just going to be friends with this guy cause he plays metal. You know, it's it's more like, uh, yeah. you know, if they're good people and stuff and they like good music, then we can, uh, get along just fine, you know, I mean, yeah, obviously we've toured with the guys from Gay Paris who are really cool and, um, friends with the guys from, uh, uh, from High Test, um, up in Wollongong who now have a new band called Bruce which is, uh, really, really awesome and, um, oh man, it, it, it just goes on and on, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're friends with lots and lots of bands so, um, you know, the guys from the meaties are really good friends of ours as well and, uh, Oh man, yeah, I could I could go on for days, really, but we probably
0: don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I I love hearing metalheads talk about like non-metal, if you know what I mean. Because like when I was younger and getting into metal, all my friends were getting into metal with me, and like I don't see it that way this way anymore. But when I was like younger and more, as I put it, stupid, um. We used to think, "Oh, if you don't like metal, screw you!" Like there is yep. like if you don't like if you don't like metal, you're not a metalhead. Like if you like yep. something that's not metal, you're not a metalhead. If you know what I mean. Now, like, as I'm older and I'm a bit wiser, I realise no, that's not the case. I like metal more than anything else. But that being said, things like the Traveling wheelberries are fucking awesome. That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah I sorry think, you know, sometimes I,
0: we... I go off on my what was yeah. that sorry
1: oh no i was just gonna say man i think we can all be forgiven for being young you know it's like and uh yeah. it, 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 it was well, somewhat you know ignorant or slash arrogant or whatever you want to you know i mean we've all been there so you know it's uh yeah just one of one of those things that you've uh you just sort of grow up and, and and i guess you tend to you know chill out a little bit and just uh you know become a little bit more accepting and broaden your horizons a bit, you know, yeah,
0: yeah exactly, yeah. and uh I think it's kind of a learning process, like everybody like some of the fortunate ones are straight into it, but everybody has to go through that learning process,
1: oh, I think so too, yeah
0: now uh, i I want to ask you something um. This question has put a lot of people on like uh on the spot. Uh, mm-hmm. where is your favorite town to play a gig? Like, uh, it is in Melbourne? Favorite? favorite town to play a gig.
1: Um, no, it's probably not in Melbourne. Um, I mean, I like the Corner Hotel in Melbourne. That's a really good venue. Um, but I think, you know, after just playing in Perth here, playing at the Amplifier bar here in Perth is awesome. That's always, like, it's a nice, broad sort of stage, and, uh, the you know, like, uh, people in the audience can get a good view of the stage and um, see everything that's happening, which I really sort of like. Um, so, yeah, I think probably at the moment I would say, you know, in Australia my favourite place to play a show would be at the Amplifier Bar in Perth, because I just every time we've played there, it's just been awesome. It's got a good energy in the room and good vibe, and people are, uh, you know, people are just used generally going nuts. <laughs>
0: uh, ah, yeah. does everybody in King Parrot see that as like the their favourite venue? or Is that just you?
1: Um, I don't know. I've never actually asked them. Asked them, but yeah, no, just just me. <laughs>
0: Oh, fair enough. Uh, every time you go to Perth, is that where you go, or do you try and uh, go to different venues when you're over there? Uh,
1: we no, well, we have played at the YMCA. We've done it like a like an all ages show once here, but um, yeah, it, the three times that we've been over here, the over eighteen show has been at the Amplifier Bar. And, um, you know, there's there's a few other venues to play and stuff, but uh for me i mean we've had such a great time at the amplifier bar that i wouldn't really bother playing anywhere else now it's like it's right in the city and um it's easy to get to everyone knows where it is and uh and all that sort of stuff so yeah there's no sort of real need for us to go anywhere else when you know there's no point in fixing something if it ain't broken
0: yeah true True. Yeah. Is that yeah. your, like, on putting you on the spot? Is that like your favorite venue in the world, or is there a venue in America that has a bigger soft spot? So to speak. Uh,
1: well, I guess playing at the go Gogo was pretty cool, but um, you know, that's being such a legendary venue and all that sort of stuff. It was, it was very cool. We had a great time doing that. But, um... Yeah. Ah, oh, gee, let me think. Oh, there's a, there's another great venue in Chicago called Reggie, uh, which is probably the most obscure venue I've ever seen. It was, like, it's 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 basically a venue that's built out of a laneway. It was just in between two buildings, and they've just sort of filled in the space um and just made this incredible venue out of it. You can't... I can't really describe... It's... Yeah, it's just two, like, massive walls. It's like a laneway, and then they've just put this. They built this stage and a bar and all this stuff in there, and it's it's quite a quite incredible, really. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's the best I can do to explain it, but it's yeah, it's uh, I, I really enjoyed playing there. That was very cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. Each venue is like different, and you know. I, I always enjoy coming to Perth, and that's fine. And, you know, yeah, maybe like a whiskey or something like that. And, that. and that venue in Chicago, I was, like, totally blown away by that. So, yeah, they're all some of my favorites. And the Corner Hotel in Melbourne, of course. That's that's a great one. A good time there. Always a good
0: sound. <laughs> oh, I, I uh, always wanted to, before it shut down, always wanted to play a uh, CBGB in New York. Yeah. Or at least go there.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I think, you know, I think, uh, yeah, now that it's gone, it's sort of uh, <coughs> not quite possible. But, yeah, Oh, I also have to give an honourable mention to the Tote in Melbourne, of course, because the Tote is the uh, spiritual uh, home of rock and roll and metal in Melbourne. So, you know, it's always a good time at the Tote.
0: So Matt, what is your best or worst uh, experience at a metal gig? Is it a fan not taking to your intense style too well, or is it like equipment fuck-ups? Is it no? Uh, is it just plain heckling from someone or? Uh, is being threat- threatened because they didn't take to your style too well? Because I know back in the day you used to walk up and smack beers out of people's hands <laughs> if they weren't getting into the show very well. But uh, what is your best or worst experience at a show?
1: Um, well, I think best experience, uh, you know, I guess playing playing some of the bigger festival shows that we've done, like Soundwave and, and playing Hamasonic uh, and stuff, playing in front of those large audiences and, and, and you know, people enjoying it. It's a pretty good thing to look out and see, you know, thousands of people, you know, enjoying your music. That's always awesome. Um, and, like, in terms of worth experiences, I guess, like you said, yeah, there's, you know, it's not, I don't know, I guess, like, when you're really passionate about what you're doing and performing and, and all that sort of stuff, you're not really sort of intending to... Uh, personally threaten anyone or whatever, or, you know, it's more about just sort of the show or or, or whatnot. But, you know, I guess probably early on, sometimes I get a little bit carried away, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, um, we still want to put on an intense show and obviously, you know, our intention is not to, um, uh, you know, harm anyone or whatever. Like that's certainly not the intention, you know, it's just to, uh, you know, wait people, you know, try and wait, you know, get people involved and get people moving and, and get people, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Just Involved in the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I don't want, you know, just people sort of standing around twiddling their thumbs. You know, I think we want people just to enjoy themselves at the show and, and get, get involved physically and, if you want to do that, then it's great. And if if you don't, then I guess you can just stand up the back. So, yeah, I guess when people take it the wrong way, um, which you know, they can certainly be forgiven for that because um, sometimes it has been a bit full on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it is what it is, you know. And um, you know, some you know, I guess some of the some of the the, the bad experiences that have happened with this band have been a result of that, you know, and, uh, you know, I've been smashed in the head with, with glass, obviously like a pot glass before. And, um, you know, people have tried to, um, fight me and stuff. So, huh. you know, that's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. We just try not to go down that path anymore. You know, it's like, I don't go to a gig to try and get in a fight with someone or get smashed in the face with a glass, but, you know, it's happened before, and and that's kind of understandable because I can see how people would take it the wrong way. But it's certainly not supposed to be a personal attack on anyone. It's just supposed to be a intense, energetic show that sort of uh, shakes you to the uh, core, I guess.
0: So, how do you deal with, uh, like, in modern days, like, how do you deal with uh, dickheads, like, like not taking it? As a part of the show and taking it a bit too far, how do you deal with that? With that, that person that is like drunk and then doesn't understand that it's just part of the show. <laughs> oh, I usually walk
1: away, man. Just get back on stage and just do my thing. It's like, uh, look, it hasn't happened for ages, man. It hasn't happened for a long time now, so it's like, you know, it probably hasn't happened in the last twelve months. So nothing bad's really happened, but, uh, you know usually just pouring a little bit of water over them and telling them to chill out. helps. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) So, uh, do you ever get free shit? Free shit. Oh, not literal shit, but do you ever get free things from people? (laughs) Oh, all
1: the time, man. Yeah, it's great. You know, I I don't really have to take clothes or T-shirts on tour anyway because I always get heaps of free T-shirts and and stuff like that. I get, um, I don't know, yeah, people give us stuff all the time, you know, like lots of, um, fans have given us like artwork, and and, and paintings, or drawings, that they've done. Um, uh, you know, it, well, people give the guys alcohol, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, probably other things as well. Um Ah, oh, you know, what, what, uh, what, you know, I, I think like, you know, one of the best things that people can give you when you're on tour is food. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and we've been very lucky that, you know, a lot of people, like when we've been touring and stuff like that, a lot of people have uh, been kind enough to feed us and welcome us into their homes and, you know, let us stay and all that sort of stuff. So I think, um, that is definitely one of the greatest gifts that you can get as a, touring musician is um you know food and accommodation it's uh it's excellent you know it's it's yeah it it helps keep us keeps us you know going so yeah i'm still just waiting for someone to give us a big truckload of money but that hasn't happened yet um, (laughs) we'll, we'll keep waiting for that hopefully someone does that soon
0: well, if you're ever coming through uh, Batons Bay on a tour or whatever, you're welcome to stay at my place. My uh, fiance or she'll be my wife by by the time this airs. Uh, she's vegetarian too, so, but if you want to crash at our place, you can. Might have to hold you to that, buddy. Yeah, anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> I've got a spare couple of rooms. Awesome, mate. Definitely. And comfy couches. Awesome man, no worries. I'm, I'm definitely gonna hold you to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with it. Hey, cool. Um, so uh, I've noticed that uh, bite, bite your head off is um, as I learned last week, it was never supposed to be bite your head off, cunt. But uh, um. Uh, it's on CD, and uh, I think it's on vinyl. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Is yep. Yeah. I uh, I wanted to ask you because I believe I fully believe in this question. Like I believe that they are. Like, I have immense collections of both. Although my vinyl collection isn't with me at the moment, it's at my parents. uh, uh do you think CDs and vinyl are still relevant in the music industry, like? Do you think uh it's cheaper and easier for bands to oh it obviously is cheaper and easier just to do MP3 but do you think that music should just go to the MP3?
1: Uh no not not me personally no I I think that um I think vinyl to me is like my preferred format of music you know um yeah CDs not so much I don't really care about that much but they're still relevant you know people still Buy them, and um, you know we wouldn't keep making them if they didn't. (laughs) Um, You know we've had a lot of people try and tell us you know CDs are finished, and uh, you know you're not going to you know you're not going to be able to sell CDs anymore, or people don't want them anymore. But we still sell heaps of at shows, so um, maybe not so much you know through record stores, but definitely through gigs. And it shows we are selling CDs a lot, and people love vinyl, so and I think all the artwork yeah. and everything like that looks better um, on vinyl, so yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll keep doing that because uh,
0: at the moment, like I'm staring at tool undertow on CD and vinyl, and it just you can, it looks not that there's much detail in the, in the, uh, cover, but it just looks better on the vinyl. And the same with, uh, the other, album I'm looking at is Red Hot Chili Pepper's The Upper Lift Mofo Party Plan. If you've never seen that, uh, that cover, it's just got heaps and heaps of detail on it, and heaps and heaps of artwork. It just looks so much better on that 12 by 12 inch, uh, vinyl cover
1: yeah i agree man totally it's i it's yeah i uh always collect vinyl so um yeah i much prefer that format definitely
0: did you enjoy touring the u.s for that reason because you can go to one up shop and you get like 30 vinyls for like a dollar or like not quite that cheap it's like 30 vinyls for 30 bucks but they're all like old Classic vinyls, not having a Mozart.
1: What's that? Sorry, I missed
0: that. Uh, did you enjoy touring America and going to, like, the Goodwill stores and stuff like that? Because, uh, like, you can go in there and go to their record bins and then find, like, 30 albums for, like, 30 bucks. And they're all old classic rock albums instead of, like in Australia where you go to Salvo's and you find old Mozart records.
1: (laughs) I I totally miss that, man. Like, I don't... I I didn't get to do any of that sort of stuff. So uh, I went to a lot of record stores um, and I bought... I spent a lot of money on records, but I didn't actually get to do any of that stuff that you're talking about. So uh, I'm not sure, buddy.
0: Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Um... There's actually only like, uh, one, two, three, four questions left. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you noticed a difference, uh, state to state with Aussie crowds? Like, King Perth are pretty much toured everywhere, and I know they're in Perth now, but, uh, have you been to Darwin? Yeah, we played in
1: Darwin, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh... Have you noticed, like, much of a difference state to state with the crowds? Because, like, you've literally been to every single state.
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh, not really, you know. It's, I mean, obviously there's more people in, like, Brisbane, in Sydney, in Melbourne. Um, you know, they're bigger cities. and But there's also more competition for that. for the... Uh, for the shows and there's more shows that are clashing and all that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. But, you know, look, generally there's, you know, a pretty good sort of crowd. Like we have a following now, which, you know, as a result of, you know, touring a lot and the videos and the album and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, look, not really, you know, I mean, I think I think it's uh, much of a muchness, <laughs> you know. There's no real, yeah. no huge difference, you know. In, in Melbourne, obviously, we, you know, some of our friends and that come along to the shows and and whatnot. But you know, I think because we've done quite a lot of work uh, building the profile of the band up, that we get a reasonable sort of crowd wherever we play now, which is great.
0: Uh, that's cool. Uh, so, uh, also, I'm actually a little bit interested in this, like, uh, in this next part of the same question. Uh, city versus country. I know they can't compete in crowd sizes, although I just went to a show at camp at the basement in Canberra, mm-hmm. and it was bigger th- uh, It was smaller than any country show I've been to. But, um... But in crowd you know, participation and intensity, is there any difference between country and city?
1: Um, well I guess maybe sort of like the country venues that you play, the venues aren't sort of as equipped or, or for shows. Um, yeah. yeah that would be my only sort of thing, sometimes the venues aren't sort of dedicated live music venues so you sort of find yourself playing sort of in you know, a weird setup or you know someone's hired a PA to come in and and all that sort of thing whereas like in the major cities there's live venues there are live venues and they're dedicated live venues and they have a PA and they have everything set up for you just to run your show smoothly whereas in the country areas you know you might need to put in a little bit of extra work to try and make things happen or you know you have to get a PA hired from somewhere so, yeah, I guess they're the main differences. Um, Crowd wise, obviously the country shows are a little bit smaller as well, but, you know, I think that has to be done. You just got to do it, you know. You got to get out there and do the shows in the and country. It. Yeah, it's, it's great, and there's people out there that appreciate it. So, I, uh, I really like doing those shows as well.
0: Oh, well, uh... ah. Um, You played Orange a few months ago with uh, Deprivation and and the Murdering, who are pretty awesome, like, Aussie supergroup of metal, kind of. I mean, kind of. Uh, But uh, from all the reports I heard from that show, you absolutely murdered it in a good way. Like, you were one of the best bands that have ever come through, according to all the people that were there. Oh, that's cool. Which is pretty cool. I mean like not that venue specifically, but like Carnival were played in Orange, um Mad Dirt, Friends of Rom, Mammal, uh The Psychroptic, they've all played in Orange, Dreadnought. And uh for a lot of people, your show at the Oxo was one of the best shows they've ever gone to. <laughs> Metal wise anyway.
1: Well, that's nice to know, man. I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad they enjoyed it. You know, we had a good time doing that, and you know, like we always sort of, you know, have, have constantly sort of prided this band on just touring relentlessly and getting the word out and and getting to those places that a lot of bands don't go to. So, even though we play the more extreme end of metal. Um, we like to sort of think that we have an entertaining show that people that aren't necessarily into extreme metal can sort of enjoy. Mm. So yeah, we like to that we're breaking down the barriers into a certain degree and um bringing a more like punk rock ethos and a bit more of a, you know, into metal, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, we definitely got a lot of uh, our, a lot of our influences lying in hard rock and rock music in general. So, um, especially with like our song structures, um, that it, it crosses over a little bit, but the the intensity and the energy will probably never not be there. So, you know if we can bring that sort of style of show to like country people, I think they can relate to that sort of, you know, a lot of the frustrations of living in the country kind of, you know, we're all country kids as well. Well, myself and Slats and, and Squeeze, our guitarist, and, and, and Skitz, our drummer as well. We all we all grew up in the country, so we can sort of relate to that sort of frustration of being a country person sometimes and, and that, especially with the younger people, of wanting to sort of get out and do stuff and be entertained and, and all that. So I think that's where a lot of that comes from, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing an awesome show go to Sydney and then or Canberra, in my case, which is my closest city, and then going, well, wow, I can't get there to go to that. That sucks. I wish they would come here. And then they never do. And then when bands like King Parrot do tour everywhere, it's friggin' awesome.
1: Yeah, well, that's cool, man. We're going to keep doing it. So, uh, yeah, you can count on us coming by.
0: Well, it's like I said last week, they go friggin' everywhere. If you've got a postcode, they're going to go there. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you. I want, went to ask you last week, but we got more into the uh, King Parrot side of things. But what's your personal writing process? Like, uh, how do you write your lyrics? Pretty much.
1: Um, me? Well, I like to sort of do it while the song's being written. Um, that's my personal preference. Uh, I'll, when when the guys are sort of getting the structures together for the songs. That was sort of the time when I sort of like to set the tone or pick a topic or what not to write about and, uh, and then just take it from there. Really. Usually that happens and we sort of work on a bit of a structure for the song. And usually I'll have like, I'll be able to get like at least something that I would consider a verse down and maybe a chorus or, or a start of a chorus. Um, And then from there, I usually take it away, and over the next sort of few rehearsals, when we're trying to get the the song finished, I'll take it away and maybe write some more stuff, or I'll have like I'll record it um, on my phone or something like that, so I can listen to it and just keep continue to work on it, and just nut it out from there. Um, It's a pretty organic sort of program process that king parrot prefers so we don't you know do things with computers and all that sort of stuff we do it more just organically and just in the jam room and recording on our for like we we actually still use a four track with a cassette tape uh oh wow and uh Sometimes I record stuff on my phone just so I can listen to it easily when I'm driving in the car. But, uh, yeah, it's all a very organic sort of process with King Parrot, man. Like We're from the older school of musos, so we just yeah. have to stick with what we know and um, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, man, that's, sort of, that's, that's kind of how I like to go about it.
0: Do you use a uh, new cassette every time you do that?
1: <laughs> I don't actually uh control the four track our guitarist squeeze does that, but so I'll have to uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask him. I'm not too sure if he uses a new cassette every time. I um, I think he just like records them and, and keeps keeps them, so yeah. I think he I think he must use oh, a new uh, cassette every time.
0: That collection would be epic. Like <sighs> just to hear the uh the working out of the songs and the songs that didn't make it, et cetera et cetera, that would be friggin awesome
1: yeah well i'm I'm sure there's plenty of them there, so uh yeah
0: <laughs> so uh, what does the future hold for King Parrot like is there a new album in the foreseeable future, or can't you really talk about that at the moment
1: uh yeah, we're gonna we're taking June and July off touring. We've only got, we're, we're supporting Carcass in Melbourne on the 15th of uh, June. And that's our only show in June. And, and I don't think we're playing much in July either. So, um, we're going to take the next couple of months to sort of knuckle down and start writing our new album. And, uh, hopefully it'll see the light of day in the start of 2015.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually getting married on June fourteenth, so the day before that show. Well, you
1: can come and have the party at the uh, carcass show on the Sunday on the fifteenth.
0: Yeah, actually, Brendan from Tortured already invited me to the show on the fourteenth, and then I asked my uh, fiance, "Can we, uh, can we change the date of the wedding?" And she nearly slapped me. I bet. I was joking.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you would I'm glad you were joking. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would never ask that seriously, I'm not that stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, good one, buddy.
0: <laughs> uh is there another overseas tour in the future for King Parrot?
1: Yeah, there is, yeah. We are we're just working that out at the moment. So nothing confirmed as yet, but it's it's all in the pipe works at the moment and and uh yeah, hopefully we'll be heading over
0: uh overseas again very shortly. Is it Asia, Europe, America again, South America? Um. Uh, well, yeah. There's nothing. If you game, you can do Africa. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be going to Africa, but um, no, it's uh, <laughs>
1: nothing's confirmed yet, so I can't really say. But um, uh, yeah, look, it, it's fair to say that we'll be doing a fair bit of uh, international touring in the next sort of six months to a year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like yeah, like I said, nothing's
0: confirmed yet, so I can't really sort of announce anything yet. Oh, okay, cool. Alrighty, so uh do you have any uh social media plugs like Facebook for the King Parrot or the Twitter or your personal Twitter, etc., etc.?
1: Yep. Uh yeah, I think uh it's just like Facebook dot com slash King Parrot Band. Um, but I'm sure if you just type in King Parrot, you'll find it on Facebook. And then there's King Parrot Band on Twitter and King Parrot Band on Instagram. Um, that's how you can find us there. And <clears throat> I don't have a personal Twitter, but I have a personal Instagram, which is uh, Young Gun. Um, and yeah, that's about it, man. I think that's that's pretty much all the all the stuff.
0: All the social media. So, uh, if someone, like, if a promoter is listening to this, uh, how did they book King Parrot for a show? Or yeah, um, you, how would they go about doing that? Uh,
1: they could just send us a message on our King Parrot Facebook page or whatever, and then we can give them the right people to contact or whatnot. Yep, or all, all, all the information's yeah. on our Facebook page.
0: Yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh now the final question is the question that I always end with. Uh it's a multiple choice question. Last week you picked uh asked a really strange or weird B asked a really strange or weird question by me. Uh and the choices are A asked me a question, B B asked a really strange or weird question. Or c give the quota of the week for next week's show, but C is out because there is no show next week, so you can either pick B, which you've already picked or a asks me a question all
1: right, I'll ask you a question okay uh, what, what's <laughs> not
0: that there was much choice <laughs> what's
1: your uh what's your favorite album of all time?
0: Metal or light of anything? Anything. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's the... um. I, I cop a lot of flack for this, but I don't give a shit. Uh, I've got to go Chili Peppers. And I've got to go The Uplift my foe Party Plan, which is uh the last album with the original guitarist. Okay. Before I, he died. I wish I hadn't have asked you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I take it you're not a Chili Peppers fan?
1: No, not at all. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh, I'm a huge Chili Peppers fan. I've got all their albums, and yeah, I've met them. I've had a song dedicated to me at the Big Day Out and stuff. I got a Starlight Foundation wish, and I met them. Sounds like you're quite the fan. I am, I am. <laughs> Sorry about the answer.
1: That's okay, mate. <laughs> Each to their own.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, that was my last question. And, cool. uh Yeah, this has been the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. This has been Matt Young on the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast, I should say. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Matt
1: no worries at all man thanks so much for your support i really appreciate it cheers
0: no you're all right anytime like i said that it, that offer is still there if you ever coming through a baton's vein and you need a place to crash thanks very much man no worries Alrighty. see you later mate see you buddy please hang up and try again that was Matt Young of King Parrot. The second half of the interview with him, the uh, final interview with him, pretty much. Uh, we finally, me and him, got to meet uh, face-to-face finally at the, uh the gig that I mentioned before, that I spoke about before with Red Bee, Los Hombres, and Whiskey Smile. Uh, but yeah, if you have an opportunity to catch them, do so, because it is worth it. Hundred percent, no matter what you have to pay. And uh either way, I believe that Red B and Kim Parrot should tour together. They I've never seen two bands complement each other's intensity and uh style on stage so much. Like yeah. But also I wanna start a like a crowdfunding project to buy three industrial sized fans for Red B. Because like Dunny and Dunn, the drummer of Red Beat, he looks like he's gonna die every single time I've ever seen that man get off stage. But that being said, uh, yeah, I got, I don't know how much industrial fans cost. So <laughs> they could be ten bucks. They could be a thousand bucks. They could be ten thousand bucks. For all I know, I don't know. So. Either way, I'm going to buy him like a little fan from Kmart. Hope that he gives it. But anyway, one that can like clip onto his drum kit. But anyway, um, on August 22nd, something great in Australia is happening. Have you got your copy or ordered your copy? Because I have. I ordered mine for my birthday. My wife uh, bought it for my birthday. It's metal down under. That's right. It's going to have Matt Young on it, it's gonna have Dave Haley on it, it's gonna have Lord Tim on it, from Lord, I heard Andy Dowling, but it's gonna have Lord Tim, uh, it's gonna have Steve Hughes on there, it's gonna have, pretty much, if you can think of them, it's gonna have them, except for, as I learnt, uh, it doesn't have the original lead singer, or damaged, on there, lead singer, oh, one of the original members of Damage, and, uh, yeah, who I'm actually thinking about contacting to get appear on the show. But anyway, um metal down under the uh story of Australian heavy metal kind of it's the history of Australian heavy metal, story behind each band in the metal scene. Uh yeah, King Parrot, Mortal Sin, uh Hobbs, Angel of Death, Dreadnought, uh Greg Troll is in there as well. Yeah. Uh yeah, so pick it up. It's uh, I think twenty five for the D V D or fifty for the D V D shirt. Uh just go over to the Metal Down Under Facebook or Metal Down Under dot com I think it's AU. Uh check it out, go to their store, buy it, pick yourself up, copy, pre order it. It's well worth it. It's gonna be worth it. I can't wait. I'm fucking excited. I wrote really goosebumps just talking about it. Uh but anyway, um That being said, this is the end of Season 1 of Full Metal Lockdown. We do have Season 2 coming up. Season 2, if you haven't been paying attention to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown. Season 2 of the show begins on September 2nd, 2014. So it's only going to be gone for a month and a bit, a month and a half, I think, or a month, month and a week. So a month and a quarter, if that makes sense. Uh, first first guest back will be Lachlan Harrison of the uh, now former deprivation. Uh, but we'll talk to him about... Uh, about his life with deprivation and life after deprivation, I think. I think we'll, uh, he'll be my first interview that I went Because I know him quite well and he knows me quite well. So I uh, figured we might as well win it. Uh, but next season, we're going to have a few new interviews. Uh, and I've figured out not how not to do it and how to do it. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Lockdown. You can read the notes. I recently wrote one called Learn, Learning and Learned. Uh, yeah, talking about everything that I've learnt in the process of Season 1. Uh, and also, you can follow me on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989. You can follow, You can email me at fullmetallockdown at gmail dot com. Uh Aussie metal bands. I've uh, now made it permanent. Uh you advertise for free anytime you want. With anything you want. If you've got a new album coming out, If you've got a tour coming up. If you've got a show, one off show coming up. If you've got anything you want to. Do, seriously advertise email me fullmatterlockdown at com, or hit me up on the inbox at uh gmail at uh com forward slash lockdown and uh give me all the information you get to advertise for free for two weeks at a time on the Full Matter Lockdown podcast Uh, that being said, that's two weeks at a time. If you want more than two weeks, you just have to ask. But if you don't ask, that's all you get, pretty much. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's been season one of the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And truly, I've never... Uh, season 1 was is really successful for... Was really successful for me. Uh, we had AJ Maddow. We had Greg Trial, We had Webb McKay. We had Matt Young. We had Andy Dowling. We had Dancil. We had the one and only Dave Haley of Sokoptic. Uh We... Uh, we had all these guests. And yeah. Well, like... Uh, I'm speechless. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all come back and listen to season two. And yeah, I've never met those words more. But thank you. I love you. Bye.